really thought this is the guy like this is gonna work this makes sense it made sense on like every level especially once I moved there and it totally totally backfired and I got I got fucked over Hey besties, it's me, once again, your host, Ari, back for <laughs> what is going to be the, like, in, in my life, I've done a lot of unhinged things, completely insane, laughable, cringy, just all of the above, so insane. This story <laughs> is definitely in, like, the top three. I brought this up last week and I'm finally going to share the story everyone has been waiting for the story of when I was catfished and this led to basically the story of the Denver boy that ruined my life that is how I refer to him that's how I've referred to him since he ruined my life and I think I'll refer to him that way until my dying breath I'm going to tell the story chronologically I think that's just obviously what makes the most sense I know I'll probably remember things as I'm telling the story and just kind of insert them as necessary. March 10th actually marks the four year anniversary of when the Denver boy that ruined my life and I met in real life for the first time. Yep, you heard that right. I had not met this person in real life uh, until four years ago. And our story begins in 2011. So... (laughs) Seven years I was talking to an internet stranger before I met him in real life. And that's not even the worst part. Like That's not even the least believable part of the story. <laughs> like, it just gets more insane. So I don't know if we'll get into our recurring segments this episode. It just depends on how long the story goes. I'm going to try and tell it as succinctly and as best I can. But it's a lot. And so without further ado, I'm going to take you back to 2011. I was, I was 15 years old and was I 15, 14? Anyway, I was a freshman in high school and I was introduced to Tumblr.com by a girl who I'm not friends with anymore. And I blame her for all of this. No, I'm just kidding. But I did make a Tumblr. And like I've mentioned on this podcast before, Tumblr and I, we have a deep, deep relationship, not a healthy one by any means. Like I mentioned as well, my whole life is documented on that website from 2011 on. And that is both good and bad, (laughs) but thankfully for today's podcast, it's good because I have plenty of content from the early days of this thing with the Denver boy that ruined my life to now. So yes, taking it back, 2011. Again, I can't remember if I actually made the Tumblr in 2010 or 2011 because I made a Tumblr and then I deleted it. And then this new Tumblr that I have, earliest it goes back to is August 2011. So unsure, but point being, let's just for posterity's sake, say that him and I started talking in 2011, which is over a decade ago now. Fuck. Okay. That's crazy. So the earliest message I have here is from August 22nd, 2011. He sent me when you deleted, I was like, ah, but then you're back. So I'm like, hey, winky face. 
So I wish I had our <laughs> earlier messages. I don't remember uh, who followed who first. I don't remember our first messages. I don't remember, unfortunately, like any of that early stuff. So the earliest thing I have is from 2011 of him being like, oh my God, so glad you're back after you deleted Tumblr. Also, his URL used to be golf pants. Don't know what that means because he didn't golf. <laughs> so anyway, I have a lot of early messages of us like flirting. And if you had Tumblr back in the day, you know, he was my Tumblr crush, if that rings a bell to you. So we would always talk about how we were each other's Tumblr crushes. And we literally chatted. This is before Tumblr had the like DM option. So all of our messages are just public on my Tumblr because <laughs> you couldn't like DM back then. You could either like publish it or not. And so all of our whole conversation just here. And again, nothing too exciting at first. We talk about like school and he sent me, we need to talk more. I like this. And then he said, he told me he liked talking to me. Again, called me his Tumblr crush. Oh, here's a good one. He said in all capital letters, you like Fall Out Boy? Ah, swag. <laughs> Favorite emo punks ever. God. Oh, so yeah. I think the main takeaway from these early days is him and I, I guess I can just like say his name. It doesn't really matter. His name's JW. It's his initials. Him and I just had like a lot in common and like music taste and like comedy wise, TV show wise. Like we just, yeah, had a lot in common. Same humor. And that is obviously a lot of the reason why I was interested in him. Here is him calling me a cute dork on the 14th of September. Another great message. October 17th, 2011, he said, Hey, smiley face, you should send me a pic of you. Winky face. Um, I'm assuming he meant a saucy photo. Again, we'll never know. Um, but very bold to just ask me that publicly on Tumblr. This is from December 2012. It says, I hate falling in love with people you're never going to meet. This is such a stupid fucking website. This was December 2012. And then I posted March 2013. I feel you know me better than most despite real distance will always be close. And I posted that about him like year after year. And then January 2014, I wrote pretty sure golf pants is my Tumblr soulmate. Why you got to live a thousand miles away though. And my point there is just like year after year, I'm talking about this guy and I mean, I'm obsessed with this guy and I really clearly wasn't all in my head. I would think like it was just a consistent thing in my life. It just kept going year after year after year. And I just really thought that it was going to be something if we ever met in real life. Little did I know. But basically, to make a long story short, we would message all the time on Tumblr. And then I think it moved to like us adding each other on Facebook. And then I remember early on and again, uh, this should have been the moment where I cut him off for the rest of my life. Of course, it wasn't. But I remember once we were like friends on Facebook, he, we, him and I, Jeff, and this is, I think, ah, uh, no, I wouldn't have had Snapchat this early. So it must have just been normal text messaging. Again, details fuzzy. But him and I definitely were not exchanging all PG messages. I'll just say that. And again, I thought this guy was really cool but I was also very insecure and had very low self-esteem especially back in like 2011 I let so many boys treat me very 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 badly again all detailed on my tumblr <laughs> for anyone to see but yeah I just have really low self-esteem and so even to get this attention from a random guy on the internet who said I was cute I would take that you know but 
whatever. Him and I talk, we message, we flirt, we exchange spicy messages. And then we became Facebook friends. And I remember that he either already had a girlfriend or he like like got in a relationship while him and I were exchanging spicy messages. And I just remember finding out and messaging him something like, if you don't tell your girlfriend, like I will. Because again, I'm a girl's girl, (laughs) even with people I don't know in real life. And he was like, okay, like I will, sorry. And we like stopped talking for a sec, obviously. And then it would like ebb and flow. And and again, that moment I should have been like, you're a piece of shit. You would message a girl, even though you have a girlfriend. Again, we were like 14 or 15. So like we were stupid, but also should have known. But we like didn't talk for a while because I was like, oh, that's kind of shitty. We would reconnect and talk some more. And this pattern pretty much continued over the next seven years. Him and I would just talk, not all the time, but we would talk frequently. And like I said, we joked around a lot. We had the same sense of humor. I somehow also became internet friends with his best friend, Jeremy. And the three of us would just like shoot the shit on Instagram. And we just were all internet pals. And uh, well, him and Jeremy were friends in real life, obviously. But yeah, so then I was like, oh, wow. Well, this guy that I met on the internet is telling like his best friend about me. So like that is cool, I guess. And just, you know, goes to show that I'm not some just like weird secret thing. Then, of course, as we got older, it goes without saying, I would hope that when he got into a new relationship or when I got into my relationship, it wasn't like I was secretly messaging this dude behind my what cinematic other's back. But we did stay in contact from 2011 on, um, which is crazy. But yeah, we just like remain internet friends and... You know, we moved from Tumblr finally because he deleted. I don't remember when he deleted, but he deleted his eventually. And we were like friends on Snapchat and Instagram. We were just like always in each other's lives. And then I guess I'm trying to think if there's any other major highlights. I mean, seven years is a long ass time. So it's crazy to me that we stayed in contact for that long. And I remember one time, actually, am I still blocked on Instagram? Do I wonder if I still have his DMs. Oh, am I still blocked? Oh, wow. Okay, well, I'm unblocked. So this... <laughs> So I'm able to see our Instagram DM. So this is a big development, you guys. He unblocked me. We'll get to that point later in the story. But I only looked at our DMs because I wanted to... This is the next point in the story is... In 2016, he actually unfollowed me. And I noticed because I used to have the app that told you when people unfollowed you because I'm insane. So I messaged him and I said, unfollowed me, rude. So that's what? We still followed each other consistently for five fucking years. Like that is crazy. And so one day I called him out for unfollowing me and he said, I was in a bad mood one day. I don't know. Sorry. (laughs) Crying emoji. (laughs) Again, maybe I should have taken this as a red fucking flag, but of course I didn't because I'm stupid. And then I said, you're forgiven, I guess. And he said the kissy emoji. See, and that's our whole dynamic in a nutshell is he would do some shit that was fucked up and I would call him out on it and he would just not even give an apology. I guess he didn't say sorry in that message, but I would just fucking forgive him because over the seven years that we were like pals or whatever you want to call it, I don't know. I did form like this attachment to him because he was a, he was my friend. Like we were homies. Like, I don't know. We had a lot. Like I said, we had a lot in common. We had the same humor, same interests in movies and music and like pop culture. And I, I don't know. We just really clicked just even as internet friends or whatever you want to call it. And that may seem silly to a lot of people and trust me, it is. I know how it sounds. Believe me, I can hear everyone's thoughts listening to this. I know how this all sounds. I've had every single thought that you're probably thinking while I tell the story. Believe me, I've beaten myself up over it over and over again. I get it. I know how this sounds. I know it sounds insane. It is. But with that said, just, you know, listen to this with an open heart and an open mind. Thanks. I guess that brings us to 2018. 
And in college, I would message him a lot when I was drunk and just wanted attention. And he would do the same. Again, it, it was pretty mutual, I think. And it would be a running joke. Like every time I would post that I was drinking, he would message me and be like, oh, are you going to message me at 3 a.m. again? <laughs> kind of funny. Totally called out. But anyway, so that was kind of the relationship once we became quote unquote adults while I was in college was I would just like message him when I was hammered all the time and he would do the same and we were just very flirty and it wasn't weird. I don't know. And it all just came very natural. I never thought it was weird. Whatever. Okay. We are now in 2018. I am a senior in college and I'm trying to figure out what to do with my life, of course, as we all did. And it's March and I am trying to figure out where I want to live. Do I want to stay in Spokane? Do I want to move back to Seattle or do I want to go somewhere else? I did not want to move to Seattle at all. And so I was really dead set on not doing that. And my friend Molly, who's a little older than me, she is from Colorado and she had been living in Denver since graduating. She graduated, yeah, like a couple of years before me, I think. She messaged me and she was like, hey, you should come visit Denver. I think you would really like it. And oh yeah, I don't even know if I said this, (laughs) but JW, the Denver boy that ruined my life, lived in the Denver suburbs. I won't say which one, I guess, to, I don't know, be polite and privacy, whatever. But he lived in a suburb, I don't know, like 20 minutes away from downtown. I don't really know how far it is. So Molly's like, you should come visit Denver. And JW and I had always said, oh my God, when you come to Colorado, this, this, that. And he would always say like, one day I'm gonna come to Seattle. Like we would talk about these like future plans, hypothetically. But now here's Molly inviting me to come stay with her and visit her in Denver over spring break and see if I like Denver and if I want to move there. And of course I'm like, hell yeah, like let's do it. So me and my friend Kendra went to Denver and we landed on Saturday, March 10th, 2018. And we just had a day having the time of our lives. And then he was like, well, of course we should go out tonight. And my friends or whatever, like we should meet up. So he texts me and he's like, let's definitely hang out tonight. God, are we reading this? I'm such a fucking sucker. Like, for example, so when you go to Denver for the first time, or I think like Utah, I don't know, anywhere over there, everyone's always like, well, careful with the altitude. You'll get drunker faster. And I was like, haha, whatever you say. And so I texted him, like, I was skeptical about starting to drink. And this is how I know I'm just like a complete fucking sucker. He texted me back and was like, start slow and drink lots of water. I'm not joking. Like, please drink water with each drink you have. And I reread this just now. And I'm like, oh, that was really nicely done. <laughs> like I need help anyway so then I told him we were at view house lol if you know you know and again the bar's on the floor but he was at a different bar I was at view house and I pretty much put my foot down and I was like hey like I think we're gonna be at view house the rest of the night but I'm not gonna leave my friends to like go meet you at whatever bar you're at and he said he might just come up there and so this is at 9 30 which is obviously early in the night but I was like I'm not gonna leave my friends and then when he was like okay I might be able to come to you I didn't get my hopes up I was like whatever happens happens if he comes to meet me great if not I'm here with my friends I'm in Denver like we're having a time and then at so that was he texted me like at 9 30 okay so this is like 11 ish he said I'll be there in 15 so then he arrives and we had a table It was so weird. My friends were all like, are you freaking out? Are you nervous? You know, how are you feeling? And I was a little nervous. I was also very drunk, but I definitely was like, cause what a weird situation. I've been talking to this person and had this person in my life on the internet for seven 
fucking years. That's longer than I've had like normal friendships, honestly, sometimes. And so it was a lot of buildup. Like I said, we had really bonded about a lot of stuff over the years. And now I'm meeting this person in real life and I have no idea what to expect. I mean, I don't know. It was, it was a weird feeling to say the least. I didn't want to be nervous, but of course I was a little bit nervous, but the alcohol definitely helped. So then we're like waiting and the our table was in the back. So then I have to wait for him to come through like from the front door view house all the way to the back. And it's just like, like I get butterflies in my stomach now just retelling the story. It's so crazy. And then he appeared. <laughs> I guess this is the goodest time as ever to admit him and I like obviously had video chatted and I had him on multiple social medias. So he didn't really catfish me. He emotionally catfished me though. And <laughs> that's arguably worse. He told me he was one thing emotionally and then he really fucking lied so that's why I joke that I got catfished because I was emotionally catfished obviously not physically I wouldn't talk to somebody for seven years and not know what they really look like people come on give me a little credit so he showed up and he <laughs> looked like he always had no surprises there I have a really <laughs> bad photo of us because my sweet Kendra she tried to take photos of us like meeting for the first time and like talking she was like I tried to capture the moment and it's like the worst photo you've ever seen in your life so he gets there we talk we're like hey what's up and then he immediately was like do you want a drink and I was like yeah <laughs> like let's I don't know not that there was that much tension or awkwardness but of course it's a little fucking weird and so he buys me a drink very polite and him and I go upstairs to like I don't know be alone and chat and my friends were all downstairs and when I tell you guys <laughs> this was like seeing an old friend the first two seconds were awkward sure but then when we got a and it was just us and we were just talking it was truly like no weirdness no awkwardness it wasn't this wow I've known you online for seven years and now we're meeting in real life thing it was like oh yeah I've just known you for a long time and we're friends and now we're here it was just I'm going to get over how normal and natural it felt and again I think this it just goes to show why I like fell the way I did is because it felt very normal very natural very organic because we're, even though we were like internet friends or whatever, we were still friends. We still talked. We still were up until the middle of the night talking about life and whatever. And I don't know. We genuinely did have a connection, which sucks. It <laughs> makes all of this so much worse. And he really laid it on thick with the charm. He told me, oh, I remember the first things I ever messaged you. And I remember us talking about Panic at the Disco lyrics. And I like he just had all these memories <laughs> of us talking on Tumblr that I didn't have, which again, makes this whole thing suck even more which is a recurring theme of the story I deadass wonder if this dude's a sociopath because and I know like it's thrown around a lot but who does this shit and again we'll get to the really bad shit later but just even this example of him pulling out all the charm and the stops and trying to impress me like the first time we meet in real life all for what like it just sucks. It sucks so bad thinking back to that. But regardless, we had a lovely chat and uh, we did kiss <laughs> a lot. And again, not to be super extra, but when I tell you guys, it was like a Taylor Swift song, like butterflies and sparks fly and fireworks and we're the only two in the room. It was like the greatest kiss of my life. <laughs> And it was, again, like seven years of buildup to this moment. Seven years of talking about our first date, all the stuff we're going to do together. And it all led to that moment. And it was, <laughs> it was a lot. And again, you all know I'm a Pisces. I'm very emotional. I have a lot of deep feelings. He's a Scorpio, which is allegedly the sign I'm supposed to end up with over my dead body after all this. But that's another thing I think 
that bonded us is both water signs, both have a lot of deep emotions. And I forgot about this part, but basically before I got there, he was messaging me all the things he was going to do like for our first date. He was going to take me to the oldest restaurant in Denver and the most historic part of Denver. He had our whole first date planned for when I got there and blah, blah, blah. So we have this amazing time together at View House. And he's like, okay, tomorrow night I'm taking you to dinner. Like we're doing the damn thing. And of course I'm on cloud nine. Couldn't get better. The next day he had work all day. And then we were supposed to get dinner when he was done with work. Basically, (laughs) when I say I know how this sounds, okay, I fucking know. You don't need to tell me. I know. But the end of the workday comes around and I don't hear from him. And I'm like, not going to triple message because it's my vacation. So I can do whatever the fuck I want. Like, I didn't want to like wait around for him. I'm on vacation. I'm visiting a new place for the first time. If he doesn't want to text me back, whatever. And so I don't hear from him. But I'm also like, okay, well, do I make other like, are we going to dinner or not? Because I kind of need to make plans around that. Then I finally hear from him. (laughs) Oh, got it. Uh, so listeners, you'll have to let me know what you think about this. He messaged me and had to cancel our dinner plans because he had an allergic reaction, which on surface level sounds like complete bullshit. Sounds like he's just trying to get out of dinner. Sounds like he's a liar, whatever. But then, and this was back when I still used Snapchat. And another red flag is our primary source of communication was Snapchat. We sometimes texted, we sometimes Instagram DM'd, but we mostly communicated on Snapchat, which is a red flag. But I mean, I was also like a fuckboy in college and we would Snapchat like till the middle of the night. So like, I'm not blaming him for that. (laughs) Like we're both equally guilty on, you know, fucking around on Snapchat, but just for that context. So he tells me he's having an allergic reaction and cannot go to dinner with me. And I'm like, that's okay. Like I have to believe him. And the only reason I do believe him is this was back when I used Snapchat and I went on Snap Map and saw his location and he was at the hospital. <laughs> so unless he carried out this lie so fully that he told me he was having an allergic reaction, couldn't take me to dinner and then drove to the hospital to make it look like he was there on Snap Map. That's kind of insane. And I don't think he would do that. Maybe he would. I highly doubt it because he's just a lazy piece of shit. And I don't think he would really put that much effort into lying on my behalf. I'm inclined to believe that he really was having a reaction, really went to urgent care and really couldn't take me to dinner. If he had that much of an elaborate lie to go and change his location on Snap Map, whatever, I'm a fool. We already know I'm a fool. Like this whole story already makes me like a dumbass idiot. So whatever, I'll just take the L. So we don't have our big, beautiful, magnificent first date. Again, maybe I should have taken that as a sign, but I did not. And then my weekend trip is over. La-di-di, la-di-da. And I get home from Denver and I'm in love with Denver. I, separately, I was, I did enjoy my time in Denver a lot. I loved hanging out with Molly. I love the city. And I was like, okay, I'm fully moving here after graduation. Like there's no doubt about it. So then the night I landed and got home, I booked a trip for the next month, April, to go back to Denver. But this time do like a networking trip and try to set up like professional contacts and try to set up like a job or something. So like a psycho, a month later, I go back to Denver. Oh my God, this is so crazy and funny. It's just a small side note. I'm in my Google photos right now. And on April 20th, 2018, I took a BuzzFeed quiz and it said, you should move to a city and pursue your dream. 
And that was before I decided to move to Denver. So that's pretty crazy. <laughs> anyway, so I'm like working behind the scenes with Molly. Her roommate is moving out. So she needs someone to take her spot. And then now I'm like, oh my God, I think I want to move to Denver. So it's all lining up. I'm going to move in with Molly, blah, blah, blah. Before I go to Denver on the April trip, I know now for sure that I'm moving. I've set it up. I'm moving with Molly this upcoming summer. But I waited to tell JW until we were in person because I wanted to see his reaction in real life, obviously. Him and I make plans. He said verbatim, I have this in fucking writing. I'm glad you're coming back. I'll have to plan it better so we can do some stuff. Okay, bitch where? He told me he was going to take me to Red Rocks. And then he texted me and asked how I was going to be there on the 22nd because he was going to a concert. And it, quote, would have been so dope if you were here too. <laughs> okay. So anyway, then we make plans to go out. We end up going to Retro Room in Lodo. If you know, you know again. <laughs> um, he gets there and I bring Molly and Molly brings like a Tinder date or something. And he gets there and he brings his best friend Carter. And I was like, oh, wow. Like, this is our second time hanging out in person. And it's a different best friend from the aforementioned best friend that I talked about that we were internet friends with. So I've never met this person. And he brings his best friend Carter with him. And I know who Carter is because of his Instagram stories and stuff. And I know that they're best friends. But he brings Carter with him to hang out with me and Molly. And I thought that was... Again, maybe I'm stupid, but I was like, this is a good sign. He's not, you know, this sounds really sad, but he's not like ashamed of me. He's not embarrassed of me. He's not, you know, embarrassed to tell his friends that I'm like some, whatever he tells his friends about me, you know, he's already ready to introduce me to his best friends. I think that's cool. I think it's cool that I got to meet his best friend the second time I went out there, whatever. And again, at this point, he still doesn't know that I'm moving. So the five of us are at Retro Room and we're just having a time. So Molly and her Tinder date go home. And so then it's just me, JW and Carter hanging out. And JW is like very PDA. We're holding hands. He's buying me shots. Like it's all going according to plan. Carter is super cool. We're talking, whatever. We end up going to, I miss Mile High. We end up going to Mile High Distilling. Again, if you know, you fucking know. I hope that place is still fun when I go back to Denver because, oh my God, it's so many good times there. So we go there and Carter like pieces out and goes and dances in the crowd or something. He like leaves us alone and JW and I are on this couch and we're talking. And again, like we're both pretty drunk, but like whatever. And I was like, this is the time I'm going to tell him. And so I looked at him and I was like, I set up living arrangements. It's official. Like I'm moving to Denver next month. And he looks at me and he's like, oh my God, that's, I'm so excited. That's so exciting. I was like, sick. I'm glad you're excited. And then, oh, he kept saying, you know, we'll have to do this and we're going to do this. And again, talking about future plans, we took a really ugly picture. Can't wait to share that on the Instagram. Now that he's expressed excitement, I looked at him and I was like, and again, picture you're in my shoes. It has been seven years of talking to this person, getting to know this person, video chatting this person, flirting with this person, uh, sexting with this person. <laughs> years and years and years and years. We have been building up to this moment. We've already kissed. We're PDA. He's introduced me to his friend. And so finally, with all of this context, I look at him. I tell him I'm moving. He tells me he's excited and talks about all these future things we're going to do together. And I said, so when I move here, is this just gonna be like a friends with benefits or is it gonna be something more? And I, hand to God, looked at him and I said, because if we're just gonna be hooking up, that's fine. I just want to know where your head is at. I fucking gave him an out if he wanted it. And this fucking sociopath looked at me in my eyeballs and said, no, 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 we're not just gonna be hooking up. In that tone of like, no dummy, like of course not just gonna be hooking up, okay. So I take that and I say, 
okay, great, cool. And then he, again, in this exact tone goes, well, what what were you thinking? Like, did you just want to hook up? And he got all defensive because he kind of like played all his cards and showed me, no, of course not just gonna be hooking up. Hello, duh. And so when I just said, okay, cool, sounds good. He felt like he exposed too much of his emotions or whatever. And he got all defensive and was like, well, why? Like, what do you want? And of course I told him, I was like, well, yeah, that's great. I don't want to just hook up either. And he was like, okay, cool. And so I like, whatever, placated his ego. All this context that I've set up, I am now moving. He tells me he's excited. He also tells me we're not just going to be hooking up. So I take that. And again, I might be crazy, but by this point, I'm at least, I hope, a little bit grounded in reality, a little bit experienced, a little bit whatever. And I know I'm going to move to Denver. And I know that when I move there, it's not like we're going to instantly be boyfriend and girlfriend. I was not anticipating that in the slightest. I'm a fucking adult. I know. I know. Okay. I did think we were going to start like dating, going on dates, hanging out, normal things, because he said, he looked at me and he said, we're not just going to be hooking up. Okay. So what does that mean? Going on dates and hanging out and not just hooking up. So a month later, Memorial Day weekend, 2018, after I graduated from college, we pack up the car, we drive 1,337 miles to Denver, Colorado. And people, this is my number one question I feel like that I get from this story and this whole thing is, did you move there for him? How I answer that is obviously it helped that he was there. It was a plus. It was a factor in me moving there. I stand by my statement and my feelings that I love Denver. I still love Denver. I love that city. It's a great place to live. I loved living there. I would have moved there if he was there or not because I had Molly and I, again, I love the city and I didn't want to move to Seattle and I could have stayed in Spokane, but obviously I wanted to try something new. And so I would have moved to Denver regardless, but obviously it was a huge plus that he was there because again, I moved there under the pretenses that we weren't just going to be hooking up and we would be going out on dates and dating and like hanging out. I would have another person there that I've known that I'm friends with that I have a relationship with because again, him and I have been friends, whatever you want to call it for seven fucking years. And he told me he was excited for me to move there and talked about our future plans. So of course I'm going to move there and expect these things because I'm going to believe him. I don't want people to think that I moved to Denver for a boy. That is not the case. It just obviously helped that he was there. That was a motivator for sure. This is where the story takes a very sad turn. I moved to Denver at the like end of May, beginning of June. And I get a job like pretty much immediately working at a bar. And it is a bar that is across the street, not even really the street. It's literally, I think, 10 feet away from where he works. I did not plan that. Okay, it just happened. But for the first like month and a half that I moved there, he didn't hang out with me. Oh, I hate, I just fucking hate talking about it. It's just, it bums me out and it makes me mad. It makes me mad more than anything. But as I mentioned before, he at this time is living in the Denver suburbs. And again, it's not that far if you really care about someone, but apparently it is for him because he didn't give a fuck about me. But this fucking dick bag worked downtown Denver. Let me try to explain this. So I lived in Kappa Hill, which is like 10, 15 minutes from downtown. If you know Denver, I worked in Larimer Square at a bar called Green Russell. It was like a speakeasy. Anyway, he also works in Larimer Square. I don't know if he still does, but at the time he worked in Larimer Square. So we worked literally across the street from each other. He was 
obviously commuting into work from the suburb, 20, 25 minutes tops to get to work from where he lives. My point being, he's already fucking downtown when he's at work. And I live 10 to 15 minutes away from his work. And he would make up excuse after excuse. Oh, I'm already home from work. Oh, da 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 I can't hang out. He had all these fucking excuses for why he couldn't hang out. For the first month and a half that I lived in Denver, like that's cuckoo. And granted, again, this isn't a fucking excuse and it's not defending him. I did go to Maui for 10 days. So really, let's just say it was like the first month that I lived in Denver, which is still a long ass time and completely unacceptable. We worked opposite schedules, sure. But if you fucking want to hang out with someone after you just told them you wanted to like be with them, you think you'd put in a little bit of fucking effort and not blame everything on, oh, I'm already back in the suburbs. I'm already back home. I'm not going to drive back out to the city again. Fuck off. Fuck that. That is so stupid. And then what made it worse was when I went to Maui for those 10 days, he messaged me because of course I'm like posting hot tan Maui thirst straps and he's messaging me on Instagram like oh when do you get back when do you get back and I'm like do you like get off on me not being in Colorado because you were all about my shit when I didn't live here and now that I'm gone for 10 days you're all my shit again like what is wrong with you so then I start of course getting upset and mad because it's like why don't you fucking hang out with me we are now up to July 15th So literally like a month and a half, minus the 10 days I was in Hawaii. So a little over a month, maybe. Okay. July 15th. Surprise. He is moving to Cap Hill. (laughs) I can't even fucking make this up. Like this story is so fucking maddening. So he moves to Cap Hill. I will post this screenshot in the show notes. He moves nine blocks away from me in Cap Hill and still finds excuses on why he can't hang out with me. First, it was like, oh, I live far away. Not that far if you really want to like, I don't know, hook up with a girl. I think you'd, or okay, sorry. Actually, I we're not just hooking up. If you wanted to, I don't know, spend time with the girl you told you were wanted to be with, it should not be that much time and not that far, but okay. First it was, yeah, live too far. Or I have, he was like, had two or three jobs at one point And he was like, I have work or whatever. He had all these excuses. So now he's like, surprised I'm moving to Cap Hill. And I'm like, oh my God, cool. Like, great. Sounds good. And I'm pretty sure I said to him like, cool. Now you won't have a reason not to hang out with me or something. I said something pretty bitchy, I think if I remember correctly. So he moves. I fucking offered to help him move like the little dumbass I am. Like I just, I don't know. I was obsessed and I really was holding out for this thinking it was going to work and thinking whatever. Fast forward about a week. It is now Saturday, July 21st. My friend Nikki from childhood is in town. His work had sent him to Denver. Me, him and his friend Courtney all meet at my place and we all go out. We're having a grand old time. We're at the gay bar living our best lives. JW texts me and he's trying to hang out. I, of course, I'm like, fucking finally, like you want to hang out with me. But my friend is here. Like, I don't remember again, like the exact time or whatever. But for story's sake, let's say like around 11, he was like, can I come over? And I'm like, can you come over in like 15? He replies and says, "Uh, how about like in an hour? And I was so done at this point. He had blown me off for more than a month now. I'm like here with my friend. So I texted him back or sorry, Snapchat messaged him and was like, uh, no, I said verbatim. My friend is in town. So it's 15 minutes or never. I'm not going to abandon my friend to wait for you to come over. And he was like, okay, I'll be over in 15. So already 
in a mood but i'm also very drunk he comes over and is also under the influence molly is not there so it's just him and i and we're like on the couch watching tv and hanging out and i confronted him i was like yo what the fuck have you been doing you've blown me off for a month you said this to my face like just called him out i straight up was like you said this you've been acting like this you have been shitty what are you doing? What the fuck? And he did the classic boy. This is of all the stupid ass things men do. This is in my top five, maybe three of the things that piss me off the most. I fucking hate it when you express your feelings to a guy of like something they did wrong or something that upset you or whatever. And they turn it back and they say, oh, sorry. I know I'm the worst. I'm just like the worst. I know I suck. I'm sorry. I'm the worst. Uh, that's not what I said. And you're trying to make me fucking apologize to you now and coddle you and say, no, you're not the worst. No, I'm not going to fucking do that. And I didn't. (laughs) And so he did that when I was called him out and I was like, what the fuck are you doing? You haven't done anything you said you were going to. What the fuck? He said, I know I'm the worst. I'm sorry. And he was like, I'll do better. I'll do better. I promise. So he promises me he's going to do better. He promises me shit's going to change. And I'm like, okay, all I can do is take him at his word at this point. I believe him. I trust him. Stupidly, naively, yes. But I did. I did. Now that we've like gone out of the way, we have fun or whatever. We're like watching TV and just whatever, hanging out, enjoying life. Okay. Um, Obviously, one thing leads to another. And after seven years of build up and build up and build up and waiting and talking about this moment, we do the deed. I will not share the details of that, even though it's very funny. Let's just say it did not live up to what we had discussed over Snapchat for many years. <laughs> um, which, that's fine. Again, there had been a lot of uh, buildup and anticipation and waiting for this moment. So I get it. It happened. It was, of course, going to happen. We had been waiting all this time for it to finally happen. So he goes home and I'm like, great. We are gonna move along. We're gonna be fine. He told me he's gonna be better. Blah, blah, blah. Time passes. And wouldn't you know it? Nothing fucking changed. It did for like, I don't know, a day. And then it went back to the same shit of me begging him to hang out with me. And then him being like, I'm too busy or him hitting me up at one o'clock in the fucking morning on like a weekday. I want to reiterate, I gave him an out. I told him in April before I moved, if you just want to hook up, that's fine. I fucking gave him the opportunity to just say, yeah, I honestly just like want to be friends with benefits. I gave him that fucking opportunity. But he looked at me and he was like, no, 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 no. I want more than that. Okay, great. So I moved to Denver for what? Nothing like that happened. We did the deed and then he treated me like shit. Okay, why did you lie then? If you're gonna hit me up at one in the morning, that would have been fine if we had established that two months ago, three months ago. But no, you told me you like wanted to be with me. So like, what the fuck? Then for like the next couple of weeks, he just continues to do the same fucking fuckboy behavior. He kept posting about going out and it was like really pissing me off. What he would do is he would blow me off and then post on Snapchat that he was like out. And I'm like, oh, what the fuck? He was just being really shitty. And I was tired of seeing his Snapchats and his Instagram stories of him doing shit and blowing me off and not hanging out with me after he promised he was going to change. Like I dealt with this for like two more weeks after that. After he promised me he was going to change and do better, he would continue to go out and like be shitty and not hang out with me or hit me up at one in the fucking morning. After a couple more weeks of that behavior, I unfollowed him. I was like, I'm done. I gave you a fucking chance to be honest. I gave you a fucking out. You have not changed and you do not care. So I unfollowed followed him on Instagram and deleted him on Snap. I understand that might not have been the most mature course of action. I should have said, hey, dude, you said this. You said you're going to change. You didn't. 
what the fuck. But honestly, I thought at that point, I didn't owe him fucking anything because he literally was treating me so badly that I was like, I'm just gonna cut you off. Like I'm just cutting the cord and I have been known to just cut people off and it's one of my not great traits, but I was done. I was done of getting my fucking feelings hurt every time I logged onto social media, like fuck that. If he had done that to me, I would have noticed obviously like almost immediately. It took him a week to notice that I had deleted him on Snapchat and unfollowed him, which was another huge blow to my ego because we talk every day on Snapchat or whatever, like pretty frequently on Snapchat. So for him to like not notice for a week, um, ouch, fucking ouch, that really hurt. One day I was sitting at work, basically long story short, he blocked me. <laughs> I unfollowed him and he blocked me. And so I went to the bathroom at work and I cried. <laughs> And I was just like, I was truly shocked. Yes, it was one thing for me to unfollow you. And again, I know how silly this sounds like it's just social media, but hear me out, okay? It was one thing for me to unfollow you. I was tired of seeing your shit. Yes, it was a little dramatic and a little whatever, but I stand by it. He didn't even care enough to ask why I did that. He went straight to blocking me. Because if the roles were reversed and I saw he unfollowed me or deleted me on Snapchat or whatever, I would have texted him and said like, hey, did I do something wrong? Why did you delete me? But he cared so little about me that he didn't even do that. He didn't even care to ask me if he did anything wrong. He just straight up blocked. Blocked me on Instagram, blocked me on Snapchat, blocked me on fucking Facebook and blocked me on Twitter. We weren't even Twitter mutuals. That means he had to go out of his way, find my Twitter and block me on Twitter. <laughs> fucking Scorpio ass. Anyway, I understand if he saw I unfollowed him, he unfollowed me back. Sure, that's a normal response. Fucking block me? Block me. That's insane. I mean, not to get too serious or whatever, but obviously I cared a lot for this person. There's no way to really like convey it without having all the messages and I don't have all the messages, but I just hope you all believe me when I say that again, years and years and years of talking and like forming a bond and like talking about shit and having shit in common. And I don't know, we built like a special bond. I thought for a long time, longer than I've had other friendships. And he was constant in my life for seven years. And then he tells me one thing. He tells me, I can't wait for you to visit. I'm going to take you on this amazing extravagant date. And then it turns into I remember everything I used to message you. I remember we used to bond over Panic at the Disco lyrics. And then it turns into our first kiss and it was this great moment. And then meeting your friends and you being excited that I'm moving. And it really confused me, genuinely. I was, I was lost. I was really lost because I thought that I knew this person and I thought that I could trust this person. And I thought we had like a strong bond. I know it sounds silly. I know it does. I don't, I'm not gonna say like I love this person, but I really, really cared about him. And I really, really, really liked him. And I really saw a future. I really did. I really thought this is the guy. Like this is gonna work. This makes sense. It made sense on like every level, especially once I moved there. And it totally, totally backfired. And I got, I got fucked over. I got really, really hurt. Then, okay, so I'm, so we're in mid-August. I'm blocked. And I'm a couple weeks later, I am out with a friend and I'm a little buzzed. And this has been eating at me, you guys, for two weeks. I am just... 
a fucking disaster. I'm so upset. It's just eating at me. I hate how it ended. I hate how it got not resolved, whatever. And after a couple beers and talking to my friend, she was like, well, just text him. Just like text him one more time and get your feelings out. If he responds, great. If he doesn't, at least you said your piece. And I was like, okay, I'm down with that. And honestly, I thought my phone number was blocked because if I'm blocked on everything else, why wouldn't my number be blocked? So I was like, he won't even text me back, I'm sure. So August 31st, I text him, hi, the only reason I ghosted you is because I was tired of feeling like a last resort and I was tired of seeing snaps and instas of you doing other shit after telling me, quote, maybe we'll hang out later. Like that's so shitty to string me along and make me feel like a last choice. I was fed up. Hence why I deleted you on everything. Ghosting is dumb. I didn't want to do it, but I didn't warn you because I needed a clean break. So I'm explaining it now, I guess. I never once apologized because I stand by what I did and I still do. He did not deserve any apology. I have nothing to be sorry for. So I didn't apologize in that text. And so again, I sent this at 11 p.m. on the 31st of August. Again, not expecting a reply. I thought I was blocked, but it delivered. And so I was like, oh, okay. Did not think he was going to respond to me. But then like an hour and a half later, he texts me back. That's okay. I understand. To be honest, I'm not looking for anything. So I don't want to mislead you. Ghosting is dumb, but I completely understand that you need space. If you ever need anything, let me know. Okay, let's break down why this is the fucking most infuriating message I've ever received in my whole life. He says, to be honest, I'm not looking for anything, so I don't want to mislead you. Okay, so does that mean you were lying when you told me back in April that you didn't just want to hook up? Or are you lying now when you say you don't want anything? Oh, I'll tell you all. It was the latter. He was lying when he said he wasn't looking for anything because guess what the fuck happened? Oh my God, I don't. I've had an emotional day. I cried at work. I had one of the worst panic attacks of my whole life last night. And I'm just like on a fucking high alert retelling the story. I'm getting choked up. It's fine. He was lying about not wanting or looking for anything, whatever the fuck he said. Because a month later, (laughs) I saw him at emo night. A side note, emo night is my... Thing. It is my happy place. It is my safe place. I tell everyone about emo night. I told him about fucking emo night. He never even heard of emo night before I told him. Okay. So about a month after he sends me the bullshit, I wasn't looking for anything text. I see him at fucking emo night. My thing, the thing that I told him about with his new fucking girlfriend. And he has been dating that girl since then. <laughs> like you just have to laugh, like to not cry. Are you fucking kidding me? So that's part one of unpacking this heinous text. Part two, he says, ghosting is dumb, but I understand that you need space. Fuck you. I admitted to ghosting you and saying it was dumb because it is dumb. But for you to be like, yeah, ghosting is dumb. Like to throw this back on me. No, literally fuck you. I did nothing wrong. That makes me so mad. And then to end it with, if you ever need anything, let me know. That's him trying to clear his conscience of all his wrongdoings by trying to be the nice guy at the very end. Literally suck my ass. That text still obviously makes me so irate. It's all bullshit. It's all bullshit, all of it. He never once apologized. He thinks he has nothing to be sorry for after all of that psychopath. So I am pretty depressed about this for, I don't know, the rest of time. And yeah, I was just really grappling with the fact that like this person could straight up lie to my fucking face for months. Just lie. Look at me in my eyeballs and lie about how they were feeling to string me along for what? Like we hooked up one time. It's not like he kept lying to me to tr- and we like kept hooking up and I kept whatever, like daydreaming in my head that we would be together. Like it happened one time and you lied to me for what? There's not much more to this story after that. What I will say is I 
was really fucked up about this for months, months and months and months. I was not over this. And this podcast is about being honest and transparent with our feelings. And I will be honest when I say that I already had fucked up trust issues because of my last ex-boyfriend who cheated on me and did a bunch of other really fucked up unforgivable shit. I already was on thin ice with trusting dudes. And I thought I could trust this guy because again, we had the seven year thing and whatever the fuck you want to call it. And he fucking looked at me in my face and told me he didn't want to just hook up with me. So what am I supposed to think? So then for my ex boyfriend to ruin my life and then for the Denver boy to ruin my life really just made me lose all my faith and trust in guys it really did I know that sounds dramatic but it's like not only did I get like screwed over I got fucked I got fucked over and I got my heart shattered put into a blender eaten shit back out like bad 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 like I was devastated about this devastated as we talked about in like, I think the first episode, my life is a joke, but I'm not laughing. I was at a music festival with thousands and thousands and thousands of people. And I was sitting on the grass waiting for Kendrick Lamar. And I'm not fucking kidding you guys. I could reach my arm out. That's how close he was to me. Him and Carter walked right in front of me in a field with thousands of people at a fucking music festival, him and Carter walked right by me. I could have reached out and like grabbed his leg. That's how close he was. Out of all the fucking people at all the music festivals in all the world, and he had to be at mine. Like, give me a fucking break, universe. I can't. The other thing that happened that really just puts the icing on the this guy's the biggest piece of shit in the world award. I found later, I was going through my old Instagram posts and like seeing comments, but basically his name appeared which means I was unblocked. So I was like, oh wow, he finally fucking unblocked me however much longer later. And I went to his profile and lo and behold, he deleted all the photos of him and that girl. And I was like, you are such a fucking piece of shit. You break up with your girlfriend that you said you weren't looking for. You deleted the photos of her and then unblocked me thinking that something would ever happen. I like cannot believe how big a piece of shit this guy ended up being. Like that is such shitty shit behavior and then they got back together anyway and they're still dating i think last time i checked so yeah that is the story of how i got emotionally catfished by arguably the worst person in the world um <laughs> like so shitty so horrible i know we should never wish ill on anybody but if i had to it would be him i yeah yeah <laughs> there's so much more i could say that's not nice but i don't want to keep going on and on and on <laughs> i don't know how to end this it's just fucking sad and i guess i could end it with some lessons to be learned things to take away from that horrible horrible traumatic story be careful who you put your trust in <laughs> don't trust a guy with a j name if he wanted to, he would. If he doesn't, he definitely doesn't. I'm sure there are more takeaways. If he only hits you up at one o'clock in the morning, he's not the one. Don't believe men. All they do is lie. I mean, God, what else am I missing? Um, I'm sorry, guys. This is not a happy ending. It was really just me crying and crying and crying. In the continuation of my life is a joke and I'm not laughing. I would say I've had like three to five semi-serious or serious things relationships or like dating but not dating kind of things things that were more serious than just like a short fling and there was a time where jw one of my friends with benefits that got really messy and my ex-boyfriend that ruined my life all had girlfriends and i was alone and i was just like what is the fucking joke here these men all three traumatized me and they get to be in happy relationships like what is that what is that god if you're listening which i know you subscribe but what the fuck is that why do those 
horrible psychos get to be in relationships and I'm alone. Make it make sense. Thanks for traumatizing me. I'm really glad you get to be happy now. (laughs) I want everyone to know that I'm okay. (laughs) Despite what this podcast might have exhibited, I'm mostly okay. I am mostly healed from this. I just had to like drudge it all back up for the pod, but I don't wish him well. I know if I was evolved and maybe really moved on, I would be like, yeah, that was really, really not a good time, but I wish him well. I don't. I think he's a bad person and I don't think he deserves good things. And there were times where early after, like right after I saw him and that girl at emo night, I so, so badly wanted to message her because we overlapped. I mean, if he's bringing a girl to emo night and dating her and like in a relationship with her, there was overlap between me and her. And I so, so badly, like the petty, petty high school psycho Ari in me wanted so badly to message her and say, hey, just so you know, like JW and I hooked up not that long ago and he told me he wasn't looking for anything. So like, he's probably lying to you too. Like so badly. I came so close, you guys, but I didn't do that. And I guess in hindsight, I'm proud of myself. Sometimes I'm like, fuck, you should have. Who gives a shit? These people, I mean, I shouldn't take it. The poor girl has no idea about me, but I really just wanted to like ruin his life. And that's not healthy. That's not how we resolve things. I'm glad I didn't go down that path. I guess too, and maybe this is the more positive note to end on. The lesson here too is the best revenge is success. And while I might not have a successful healthy relationship, I have a lot of healthy relationships with my friends, with my family, with my parents, my siblings, my extended family, my chosen family. I have a job, a career where I am making money and I found success professionally. I found success personally. I live in a great apartment. I can afford all my own shit. There are other ways that I am successful and happy that don't involve a relationship. Not that I don't want one. Trust me, I am open for business and literally will date anybody who looks at me at this point. I think the that's a good takeaway. That's a nice semi-positive takeaway from all this is the best revenge is success. And so yes, could I have messaged that girl and been shitty and catty and bitchy? Yeah, I could have. But in the long run, I took the high road and the high road has taken me here. It has taken me back to Seattle, back home where I am still mentally ill, but less mentally ill than I was in Denver and to a place where I'm supported and loved. And I mean, shit, now I really know my worth. Some people might say I have high standards, but I just, I refuse to accept that. I have a low tolerance for bullshit. Like the second someone exhibits fuckboy behavior, I'm out. Like I don't have time to waste. I don't want to waste my time anymore. I don't want to be strung along by fucking idiots. I don't have Snapchat anymore, which is a huge part of that. If you're over 25, fucking delete Snapchat. Why are you still on Snapchat? The app is for children. It's so, it's literally the shady app. Nothing good happens on Snapchat. So just delete it. And every time a grown man asks me for my Snapchat on a dating app, I truly lose a little bit of my life. Like, (laughs) it's so annoying. That's another takeaway. Delete Snapchat if you're grown. Good Lord. Thank you all for listening. I know this was a story, not necessarily a happy one, but it's one that everyone wanted to hear. It sucks. It sucks a lot that that happened. But I mean, I learned a lot. I learned my worth. I learned what I will never 
ever put up with again. And I hope by hearing this, if you've experienced any of this or you have someone in your life now that is treating you like this, do not ever settle. Life is too fucking short. If anything, now that I'm 25 and wise, all I can think about is how short life is and how we are not guaranteed anything. We're not even guaranteed tomorrow. And so don't waste your fucking life settling for people who don't deserve you. And that's not to say that you're perfect. Trust me, obviously I'm very flawed. I'm not perfect. There are things that happen with the Denver boy that ruined my life that I could have done differently. Sure, sure, I guess. But I know my worth now and I didn't then. And I'm not going to sit around and be treated badly by girl or boy or whoever. Like I just, I refuse. I refuse to waste my time on that. And you should too. Don't put up with bullshit and don't make people make you feel small or that you're crazy or, you know, everyone's favorite term lately, gaslight. Don't let people gaslight you because we don't have a lot of time and we want to make sure that we're spending the time that we do have with people who care about us and who are nice to us and who love us. And that is what's most important. And I hope that's something that you all take away from this insane, crazy cuckoo banana story of when I got catfished by the Denver boy that ruined my life. Thank you all so much for listening. Thank you for making it this far. Thank you for liking and subscribing and rating and all of that goodness. Thank you all for listening. I appreciate each and every one of you who listens, who shares my posts and shares the podcast. It means a lot. I know this episode was a little intense, but we will get back to more fun, lighthearted programming, hopefully. All right, I'm wrapping it up. Thanks, besties.